All right, welcome to part two of 41 Business and Life Lessons on my 41st birthday. Had a great time with the first eight. Here is numbers nine through 16. Number one, sorry, number nine, um, know your numbers. And many, many years ago, I sat down with a woman named Peggy who uh, she was a client, but also she was a, she owned a marketing company. And she, I asked her for some help and she sat down with me and she goes, okay, uh, well, what's your cost per lead? And I was like, I looked at her like cost per lead, like I, I had never heard that term before. And she looked at me kind of like, okay. And, and she says, well, like what's your current like capacity usage rate? Like how many, uh, uh, what's the percentage of uh, the amount of sessions you have? Like how many empty spots do you have available? And I, again, looked at her like, you know, confused. I didn't know that number either. And then she goes, well, what does it cost you to acquire a customer? And I was like, she's like, well, you just don't know your numbers. And I was like, yeah, I, 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 I guess you're right. But it was, I'll never forget the conversation. She's like, well, you don't know your numbers. And it was almost like, like you don't know your children's names. And it, it stood out to me, and, and and she taught me a lot of lessons after that. Um, but the reality is, is if we're going to really be successful business owners, we cannot be blind to the data. Dan Sullivan has a quote that says, "All progress starts with the truth," and the data of your business is the truth. Like there's no like there's no skimping the data. The data is the data. But a lot of times we like to run our businesses by our emotions and by the seats of our pants and we don't want to look at numbers because we don't like what they say because they tell us the truth. And the same goes for personal finances and the same goes for business and if there's any lesson that I could bring to you for as a business owner is you have to understand the numbers. And, and, and what shocks me too, in a numbers obsessed profession that we're in, right? We are obsessed with how much the weight is on the bar. We're obsessed with how many pounds a person lost or what percentage body fat. We know those numbers inside and out, but we don't know what our cost per lead is. And we don't even know how many leads we got last week. And we didn't know what, you know, what the difference is between, you know, revenue and profit and cash flow. And this is like you need an education in, in, in financials. And, you know, you know, one of the biggest things that you need to do is, you know, talk to your accountant and ask your accountant to educate you on this stuff and really, uh, really start taking an interest because if you don't know the numbers, things can get away from you really quickly. And we, we've seen that a lot during COVID-19. We've seen that, that a lot of people that didn't know their numbers and didn't do a good job of managing their finances and cash, they went into COVID-19 like a wounded bird and a lot of them didn't make it. So knowing your numbers is essential, not just your marketing numbers, but your financial numbers. Um, There's a lot of data to know, um, but you gotta gotta know it. You gotta know it and you gotta be um, willing to put the time in uh, to do it. So that's number nine. Number 10, hire mentors. Now, 
a lot of times people like say, you know, well, this is really expensive and people, you know, hiring, a, you know, a, a coach or a business coach and, you know, I'm not ready for that. And, and I will say that the majority of the money that I have spent on hiring mentors and not just mentors in terms of people that I've used as mentors in my life, but really hiring coaches to ask advice um, has always come back to me, um, you know, in, in a very big way. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, so I hired, you know, a coach a guy named Paul Goff for, um, he's been my coach for like a little over a year now, but he literally taught me how to do a webinar. And I've made, you know, a lot of money from webinars, a lot. And I can take what I, paid Paul, you know, in the year and it wouldn't equate to 25% of what one webinar I got from one webinar. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times there's these, you know, that you look at the cost of something versus looking at it as an investment. And I think hiring mentors is, is really needs to be looked at as an investment. And there's, there's the old saying is if you want to get something done, just find someone that has done what you did and then pay them to teach you how to do it. And I think that that's, that's really, really great advice. And that, and the, the thing with this one though is you do have to be careful with, you know, who you do hire. I think that there's a lot of, you know, things out there in the industry, especially in our industry where you got, you know, what looks to me like 19 year old children are telling you how to run an eight-figure business. Now, I mean, I, I guess it's possible, right? But the reality is I kind of like – I want to hire someone that walks with a limp, right? Like that that's who I want to hire. I want to hire the old wounded bird that's been through it, that's seen it, that's not this – flash in the pan, you know, type of mentor, right? That, that they didn't like learn how to do a high ticket sale from a course. And now all of a sudden they're a mentor and a business coach. Now, I'm not saying that some of those people don't get results and doesn't work. Um, but I also am saying that some of their testimonials are most likely inflated. But the reality is it's as a business owner, you and, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a mentor or anything like that. No, I've hired, you know, I'm not saying I'm not telling you to do anything I haven't done myself. I've hired uh, Tom Plummer as my mentor uh, many, many times. I've hired Irie Weinswig, you know, as as my mentor. Um, I've I've hired a guy named Paisley Demba. I've, I've hired many, many different people. Um, and the the investment that you put into it is always a very, very large multiple um, that you get back. Now, if, 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 if you take action on what they say, I, I will tell you this. I have people that have hired me as mentors and I have had some people that have made gobs of money from the stuff I've told them to do. And then I have told other people the exact same thing that were in the exact same situation that didn't make any money. And a lot of it comes back to taking action. So if you're going to hire a mentor, 
do what they say. Like follow their advice to actually, and, and most of the time I do it, but there's certain times where I've gotten advice from Paul and I just like, just didn't do it. And like shame on me for spending my time, for his time, my money and not doing it. So when you're hiring a mentor, put some time into when you get on a coaching call, you know, prepare for the coaching call. Think about what you want to get out of that call and, and, and really put a lot of effort into the pre and don't just show up to the call and think you're, they're just going to give you the magic whistle. You know, coaching is takes work on the on on the on the on the students part. So it it, sh- it should be something that you definitely do. So that's number uh, ten, hire mentors. Um, number eleven is to breathe. Now this is a personal one. This is a business one. This is everyone everything. This is like your your breath controls your reaction to everything, right? If you think about it, someone comes and scares you and you get really, really startled. Like your breath, you know, um, gets really fast and short, right? Or when you get anxiety, you get anxious about something, your breath is different than when you're really relaxed. And, you know, I think that sometimes a lot of us get more stressed because we just don't have good control of our breathing. And all we need to do is some simple breathing. You're going to get stressed. Like it's not, it's not, it's not, it's impossible to get through this whole business thing and not get stressed out. But a lot of it is kind of how you respond. And I've been working with my son, you know, a lot of times he was like, kind of be like a crying, wailing baby when, when things would happen or he would fall down. And now I've been working with him on, Hey, when you get hurt and you fall down, or you feel cold water or whatever. It's like, no, like, don't like go crazy and cry and yell and scream. Just breathe. And I've been teaching him to breathe in through his nose and out his mouth and do that. But like as adults, we have the equivalent of screaming and crying through just giving ourselves this big anxiety attacks because we're not controlling our breath. And um, guess who I'm speaking to? I'm speaking to myself because as much as I practice it, I oftentimes lose it. And there's many times where I get anxious and have anxiety and I realize like, man, I'm all way up in my chest. I'm holding my breath. I'm not taking a good breath in through my nose and deep into my belly. I'm not training my breath. Um, You want to control your stress level? You want to be more present and engaged and happy? Well, man, it, it, it starts with breathing. My One of my favorite drills is uh, the 4-6 breathing. And it was uh, taught to me by um, a therapist named uh, Lee Lagos, who's in, out of New York City. And she taught me the 4-6 breathing. And the 4-6 breathing is really, what I love about it. It's so simple. You breathe in for four. And you breathe out for six. Now, I'm going to throw in one more thing to do that you didn't teach me that I learned from my friend, Dr. Dustin Nelson. You, when you're doing the four, six, six breathing, you, and you can also do the four, you know, seven, eight breathe. There, there's so many different ones, but the four, six is simple for the sake of this podcast. 
But when you're doing your breathing, and this is probably a great thing to do, you know, several times a day, um, stick the, your tongue on the roof of your mouth. And this activates the vagus nerve, which essentially helps you calm down. So I, I think, from what Dustin told me, I think I got it right. But all I do is I listen to Dr. Dustin. I stick the tongue on my roof of my mouth and I do the breathing in through my nose, out of my mouth. And um, instantly I feel better. Instantly I feel better when you can control your breathing. So that is number 11. Um, number 12 this is a skill in marketing that you really, really need to get better at. And a lot of times people will say, you got to get good at marketing. You got to get good at marketing. And there's a lot of different components, you know, to marketing. There's, you know, being a marketing strategist. There is, you know, marketing, um, you know, uh, creating like a specific skill set within Facebook, which I don't really consider marketing at all, but it's essentially a form of it. But the skill in marketing that will give you the most bang for your buck is copywriting, is learning how to write words that sell. Now, we could also take that a step further and break that down to the most important skill is copywriting and copywriting is learning how to write headlines. And if you're new to marketing and you really want to get better at marketing, essentially just start writing as many headlines as you can, preferably in cursive, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but the, the headline is the ad for the ad. And if you really, really think about it, the, the ad does not get read. The Facebook ad does not get read. The newspaper article doesn't get read if the headline doesn't draw them in. So it's the most important part, the email subject line. If the email subject line isn't good, the email doesn't get opened. So think about that and think about and, – and there's also formulas for headlines too. I mean you can find all kinds of different formulas. How-to is a good formula. Questions are a good formula. There's many different formulas out there. But you starting to get better at writing good headlines is a very, very valuable skill that will make you lots of money. Now, how do you get better at headlines? Well, all I want you to do is next time you write an email subject line – or next time you're writing a headline for a landing page or something that you're doing, I just want you to write a ton of them. So now what I do is every time I write a headline for a webinar I'm having or whatever I'm doing, I just write as many as I can. I block like you know, 20, 30 minutes and I'll just write as many headlines as I can. And then I'll read them and I'll say like, well, which is the one that kind of stands out the most? And then I'll send them to other people. I'll say, what, what resonates with you? But um, having that... The, the power um, to write words that sell is crucial. And the best way to get started for you is learning how to write really good headlines. So that is number 12. Number 13. Number 13 is write cursive. Write in cursive. Now, this is one that was taught to me very recently. So I cannot say that I've been doing this for very long. But I will do know that people I really, really respect are advising me to do this. And first, uh, my, one of my other coaches, a guy named Matt Fury, he um, swears by writing cursive. 
I mean, to the point where he called cursive handwriting literally the best thing that you could do for your brain. He, he says that writing in cursive um, lights up the prefrontal cortex of the brain. And it's something that, you know, the crazy thing is, I told Vanessa this. I was like, we got to get the girls to start writing in cursive. And she's like, yeah, they don't even teach that in school anymore. And I like almost went bananas. I'm like, here, I got this guy, Matt Fury, telling me that cursive is the best thing to do for the brain. And now I got these schools that don't even teach it anymore. And it like, it's mind boggling to me. So try it out. Um, really in your, in your journal or even like when you're writing a to-do list or a mind sweep, like I teach, um, start writing in cursive. I, I, when I first started, which again, wasn't that long ago, but when I first started, I, I like, I didn't know, I couldn't remember how to make the K. I couldn't remember how to make the F. I didn't know how to make a capital L. Like I just, there were so many letters that I didn't remember. And then I just, I kept writing and then they just, they kind of just came to me. Which probably means it's making my brain work really good. So I, uh, I, I am a believer in cursive. It takes a little longer. And it's funny because when I just recently hired Matt as my coach, I sent him a letter in cursive. And it took me six times to write the letter because I kept messing up. And I didn't want to like cross words out. It's like weird. And, um, so I can't, so it took me six drafts to write this guy a, sh- a really short letter. Um, but it, 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 it trains your brain to like, you have to focus and you have to concentrate when you're doing this. Um, and again, apparently it lights up the prefrontal cortex, which is a, a really good thing for us business owners. That was number 13. Number 14 is take a date night, take a date night. So this is a business one and it's a personal one and it's a marriage one. And it's, this is something that Vanessa and I, we are on year two of date night. Now COVID-19 has forced us to not have date night. And actually, as I'm recording this, the, the night before last night, um, we had our first one in like three and a half months, maybe four months. And it was like amazing just to be out. But uh, this is our second year. 2020 is our second year. We did, we did a date night each week in 2019. Each, each 2019, every, every Wednesday night. Um, Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember. I think, it's, I think we, we started to Wednesday and then we skipped to Tuesday. Um, but uh, it's just – it's worth every investment. Now, it's, it's a project for us to take a date night. We have to like get the um, – the babysitter there and you know it's just so it's like so we we do things like we go out to dinner but then we'll do yoga together we'll go like on walks and stuff like that so we're going to do different things but just getting that time together and having the set day and having the set time is something i think is super important you know in a marriage and i've often said that the most your most most important business relationship is the relationship with your spouse and so I think that if you can improve the relationship with your spouse, that your mind is going to improve and your business is going to improve. So take the date night, you know, go out and, and say, say uh, whatever, whatever your spouse's name is, just be like, hey, let's let's put this on the calendar like every Thursday or every Wednesday or every whatever. And we're going to do this. And now you have dedicated time to spend with each other and it, it will go a long way. It will go a long way. So that's 
number 14. Take a date night. Number 15. Oh, boy. If you can master this, you are going to have a happy life. And number 15 is don't take things personally. This has caused me a lot of stress in my life. And I'm going to be honest with you here and say that even in recent events of my life, I have taken things personally. It, 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 it's poison. It really is. It's not usually even about you. It's usually about the other person. Um, and it's, it's not worth the stress and the time. And I have put myself through so much stress by taking things personally. And it's just not a great way to live. It's not a healthy way to live. Um, it's one of the four agreements in Dr. Miguel Ruiz's book, um, The Four Agreements. And think about it. Think about your life. And think of all the pain in your life that's caused by when you take things personally. And now picture your life without it. And I picture my life without it and I like get really excited. But I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's very difficult. It's very difficult. You know, someone leaves your gym and, you know, it's like, what the hell? Or someone leaves the mastermind like, oh, man. And you like take it personally. And, you know, most of the time people leave stuff. It's really not unless you're doing a really bad job. A lot of times it doesn't even have anything to do with you. Right? Maybe it's just their life got you know, a little bit messed up and they weren't able to, you know, I know people that were taking it personally that, you know, the people were leaving their gym during COVID-19. Well, yeah, they lost their job and they, we went through a pandemic. How do you get angry at someone for leaving through that? So it's, it, here's the thing, guys. Don't take things personally. I'm speaking to myself just like I'm speaking to you right now. And um, you'll have a better life if you can do it. And I think the number one thing is, you know, just to be aware of it, read, read, and reread and reread the Four Agreements. It's a it's an amazing book, and just um, sometimes as human beings, it gets difficult to put this stuff into practice. But as you build your awareness that you're taking things personally and you're poisoning yourself with stress that doesn't need to be there, um, it's not good for anybody. So don't take things personally. All right. Our final one of this episode is number 16. The fortune is in the follow-up. The fortune is in the follow-up. Now, I've talked about this at great lengths in other podcasts. So I'm going to scrape the surface here. Um, your ability to follow up with people is in direct proportion to the amount of money that you're going to make. The reality is if you understand human behavior, just understand this, that a lot of times it takes people more than one time to buy something. Think about you. Do you have stuff in your Amazon cart right now that you haven't bought? Do you have you ever walked into a store and not bought something the first time you walked into the store? You do it. You do it all the time. But yet we get frustrated when people don't buy. And the 
you'll you'll put much less stress on your life if you can realize that hey this is just the start of a new long-term relationship and yeah they responded to my ad and they didn't reply and they didn't respond back and i said hey you're still interested and they didn't respond back unless they tell you to go to hell never call me again take me off your email list which has happened to me too and i don't take it personally (laughs) some guy it's funny uh, literally uh, one of my messages during COVID-19, I guess, struck a nerve with him and he literally re- replied back F you. Like that was his, like he spelled the word out too. It was like F you. And then I had another guy, um, <laughs> basically I, I used a, uh, an email, a short e- called a nine word email, which I'll talk about in one of my later lessons. But he was like, no, I'm not interested. This is terrible copy. And meanwhile, that, that same email brought in two new mastermind members. Uh, so it couldn't be that terrible that it was uh, equated to $20,000 in revenue from one free email that I sent. But the reality um, is that the, the fortune the fortune is in the follow-up, the follow-up system of unconverted leads, the follow-up system um, for when people book an appointment to get them to show up to the appointment, the follow-up system of people that are your current members, the follow-up system of people that used to be, um, you know, that you, they, they were are, are unconverted trials. The, the fortune is, is in you keeping the tag on them that they once they come into the wor- your world that you have an action step to get them actually in to pay you money. Um, and, and it's thought out and it's automated and it's, you know, there's, it's coupled with good salesmanship. Um, th- th- there's nothing that will make you more money than a really good, robust follow-up system. So again, I, I could go on and on about this one, but I'm not cause I've done it on so many other podcasts and really just did it on a, on a webinar recently as well. So that is, man, this is going to take me a lot of time. Um, my whole birthday is taking up, been taking up because I'm only on number 16 and I got 41 total. But, um, so hopefully that was helpful. That was lessons nine through 16 and I'll be back soon with lessons 17 through 24. Peace.